Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So do you remember how everybody was just a little bit worried that Cody Rhodes was going to get booed because all the fans would be like, we want Sami Zayn. Oh my gosh, Sami Zayn, he's the greatest thing ever. Well, if we look at the start of Raw, I don't think that's going to happen. Because the American Nightmare did indeed kick off the show and everybody started to chant, you deserve it because he did win the Raw Rumble. <laughs> because Cody is the best. He dropped that famous line. So what do you guys want to talk about? Also, that is right. We have a brand new ups and downs that is feasting into your eyes. We've got a lovely new set. And as you've also probably worked out, there ain't no intro anymore. You just hit play and we get right into it. There's also some other nuggets, but you're going to have to keep your eye out for it. Rhodes also started talking about when he decided to train to become a wrestler and that he stood outside of the facility and went to himself, well, in two years, I'm sure I'll be the WWE champion and I'll basically be John Cena. That did not happen. He also wondered what he would tell his younger self and even pretended to write a letter. <laughs> it's like Cody. If you come up with this technology, don't stand around writing all this stuff to young old Cody Rhodes. You take that to a company and you sell it, you're going to be rich. This allowed him to bring up classic memories like the time he was dashing Cody Rhodes or when he brought back the cool Intercontinental Championship when he decided, no, I would not tell my younger self anything because the journey is awesome and you've got to enjoy the ride. It's true. It also does seem a little bit mean because if your younger self was there and you just ignore them, they're probably going to cry when he actually got into some good wordplay here. Because, of course, his big line is wrestling has more than one family. But it ain't just the McMahons, it ain't just the Rhodes, it ain't just the Hearts. There's another one. And he started talking about the bloodline. Because straight up, Rhodes said that at WrestleMania night two, because I believe he said 62 days, Roman Reigns will lose his WWE Undisputed Universal Special Wacky title. So that's it. There is our main event. And I don't think we are going to deviate course. Although on this night, he then got interrupted by the Judgment Day. They were all mad at Rhodes because he won the Rumble and one of them was meant to win the Rumble. Although don't worry because Rhea Ripley, who wasn't here at this juncture, will be here later to say who she will face at WrestleMania. And Dominic, as always, was so good here. He was just throwing barbs at Cody. And honestly, when you remember what he did at the Royal Rumble 2, he becoming the best part of WWE. I mean it. Damian Priest joined in with his two and was all like, yeah, the condom should be main eventing WrestleMania. This is what I'm hoping for now. One day, I want Dominic on the damn market. Dom then demanded an apology from Cody, who was all like, are you trying to talk me out here, you absolute goon? The fans did laugh at this. But all of a sudden, they started arguing about their dads, which is, of course, what you would do. And Dommy was all like, listen, I don't like my dad, and I don't like your dad either. 
was a very strange thing to say. It fired Cody up though, and he challenged any single person of Judgment Day to face him later. And just to let you know, the main event was going to be the American Nightmare taking on Finn Balor. As we were told 78,967 times throughout Raw, that's the first time ever matchup. But I can't lie, I wanted to see it. This then went absolutely crazy, because when the announcers started to run down what else was going to happen on the show, Edge's music just hit, and he came out, and he beat up the Judgment Day. Because that guy simply can't handle it. We also had it confirmed during this part that the Elimination Chamber this year is going to be for the United States Championship for the men. I think that's a very good idea. Because if you want this secondary title to feel important, you have to put it in important matches. So when you take all of this and put it in a package, I thought it was all very well done giving it up. And right, okay, given that this is a brand new version of Ups and Downs, we're going to bring back something we did a little bit, but now we're going to make it a regular thing. I want this show to be more fan-friendly, so let's do this week's Fan Forum. And it comes from Ladina, who sent this a few weeks ago, and she says, giving Simon a brown down for that Miz money thing. As Simon had said, Goofy Wrestling for life, and he gives a down to Goofy Wrestling, yet he will give it up to Drew McIntyre, who, in my honest opinion, is so boring of a character. You did not understand Elf Miz because you did not pay attention to the whole goofy wrestling with Miz and Pierce, etc. They said at the end he had to dress as a happy elf and give the stuff away. So, people are crazy. <laughs> Man, do I regret that. It was then right into these Elimination Chamber qualifying matches and it was Seth Rollins versus Chad Gable. Just do the seal clap. And this would have been great anyway, but of course there were stakes here, which made it even more important. And a small part of my tum-tum was like, oh my gosh, imagine Chad Gable actually wins. And when he did the Chaos Theory suplex and headbutt Seth, I was like, oh man, maybe he will. He also worked over Seth's leg until Rollins didn't like that anymore, so he hit the buckle bomb onto Chad Gable. And when Chad went for another suplex, Seth Rollins hit the Falcon Arrow. This was just good. It was then just wrestling tennis because Gable was able to hit a DDT, and when Rollins went for an Insigori, all of a sudden Chad went nope, and he locked in the ankle lock. Interestingly too, when he went for another one of these, Seth decided he didn't want any more pain in his ankle area, so he hit the pedigree to get the win. I thought that was interesting. What happened to the curb stomp? I suppose his foot hurt. Now, yes, as I've already said, it would have been awesome if Chad Gable went to the Elimination Chamber because we could start to climb him up the ladder. But someone like Seth Rollins has to be in it too. I am giving it up. Then learned that Dakota Kai had been injured in the Royal Rumble, so I hope she is okay. When it was also Io Sky versus Candice LeRae. What is going on? Because we've had a bunch of matches between Damage Control and Candice LeRae with Michin just hanging around on the outside, as she did here. But it just isn't going anywhere. I sometimes even forget that we have women's tag team titles. This is kind of what we did beforehand. I'm throwing my toys out of the pram with this again. That said, the match was fun. They went all 2023 wrestling because they were doing all the dives when they decided, why don't we go back and forth? There was a missile drop kick, there was a backbreaker, and there was a Candice Ray German suplex off the bottom rope. That's his iron and the dritch. Candice had the whole thing won, which hit the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment, the surprise roll up. This is when Dakota Kai started casting distraction. So Michin, Mia Yim, Michin, Mia Yim, who was on the outside, decided, nah, man, and she got involved as well. Bailey then joined in, which no wrestler can handle because it is way too many things happening on the outside of the ring, and that sends a sports entertainer crazy. So Io hit the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment, and she got the win. That move is truly hilarious. We bring down the counter, and it's up to 13 across AEW and WWE. It's over there, isn't it? I don't know where it is, but let's face it. Most of of these have been in WWE and if we can just build this feud out now everything is going to be okay but again in terms of the few minutes we had here up. Rhea Ripley time after this 
2023 is her year. She said it's been a while since she's come out here without her Latino heat. <laughs> yes, she was referring to Dominic. But this is her time to stand in the spotlight. Damn it, she's going to do it. And this is all down to the fact that she was going to choose her WrestleMania opponent. And she wasted no time because he was all like a few years ago. I was NXT champion. I came to the main roster. And who beat me for the one, two, three? It was Charlotte Flair. The Queen also represents the normal flow in WWE in the sense she wins and wins and wins. But Rhea is a disruptor. So come Mania, she is going to beat Charlotte and become the champion. Just hear me out right now. I don't care who's a baby face. I don't care who's a heel. Look at my hand going crazy like a wiggly wiggly worm. This is what has to happen. If Rhea Ripley does not win at WrestleMania, I'm going to go on Twitter. I'm going to do a tweet. It also totally justifies why Flair did win the SmackDown Women's Championship a few weeks ago, which at the time was like, well, what the hell is going on here? Because we should be taking this entire 12-month period and ensuring Rhea comes out the other side as a mega super duper star. So I'm giving it an up. Do not let me down. Seth Rollins' interview after this... He was a bag of emotions. This is because he is now entering the Elimination Chamber and he's going to get the US title back before going on to WrestleMania. But when Kathy Kelly was like, do you remember when Logan Paul eliminated you from the Royal Rumble? Kind of stared off into the distance and he walked off. This is clearly going to be our WrestleMania match, Logan Paul versus Seth Rollins. And now that it's hit me in my board head, I'm like, of course you would do that. Seth Rollins doesn't have a bad match. Logan Paul is some kind of weird wrestling savant. It could actually, I'm not kidding, steal the show. More elimination qualifiers after this, as it was Baron Corbin taking on Johnny Gargano. Now, ever since Gargano has been called up to the main roster, there's always a bunch of people going, he's not going to be treated very well because he's not very big. Well, he just did take on Baron, who's a pretty big dude, and Mr. Wrestling... So you can stick that right up your pipe, what did you say? And as ever, we have to give plaudits to Baron Corbin, who just turns up to work and never moans and does exactly what he's told to do. Although at one point, Johnny kind of dove at him at midair and Corbin just slapped him into Barry Barricade. And what have I already told you? Because that's right, I'm bringing my side back out. We need justice for Barry. If anybody else was being assaulted this much every week, somebody would flip and do something. Johnny still fought back with all the super kicks when Corbin just ruined him with the deep six. But when he ran at John, Gargano just got out of the way, meaning Baron went straight into Rhea the ring post. And I do believe they call this the Arkham Asylum strategy. Javier was super mad at this point, so he started throwing his hands around. <laughs> Dexter Loomis, who was outside with Johnny Gargano, just revealed that he had an axe. And I'm sorry, roll it. Hello, my name is Simon Miller, and welcome to another episode of Nobody Acts Like That, or <laughs> Nobody Acts Like That. Because seriously, much like you shouldn't stand here in a jacket and a Santa Claus hat in January, ain't nobody walking around with an axe threatening people in the middle of the day on a wrestling show. Because nobody acts like that. He also chopped up <laughs> Bradshaw's hat, which somehow caused a distraction. What am I meant to do here? I have no idea. Johnny Gargano hit the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment. And he got the win. He's going to the chamber. So I bring it down. The board rolls up to 14. And we ain't even in February yet. But I actually thought this was quite enjoyable. I really like Johnny Gargano. And I really like Baron Corbin. Ah. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes. Until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. 
Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. The VIP lounge with MVP was after this. And if this was like a TV scheduled program, it would do terrible ratings because there's no regularity to it. This guest was Austin Theory, though, who was quite happy to be here because he had watched this growing up. So, of course, he started to go, umva, you're so old. In fact, you're not even relevant anymore. Why don't we turn this in to Austin Theory Live? And I was like, no, please don't do it. We don't need any more talk shows. MVP then wound him up because, of course, he does have to defend his United States Championship in the Elimination Chamber when they started talking about Bobby Lashley. Austin Theory was just prodding the bear here because he was all like, that guy, he definitely can't beat me. He also started to reminisce about that time Brock Lesnar had F5'd him in the Elimination Chamber. I was like, what the flop are you doing, Theory? These aren't the things that you think about. These aren't the memories. I don't sit there on a Sunday afternoon drinking a cup of cocoa and go, remember that time I fell off the chair in school during the school play and it was really embarrassing? No, I take those memories and I crush it and I push it down, 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 down. MVP then started to tease that Austin is going to be completely screwed because Bob is going to kill him. And Theory was like, look, I don't want to talk about Bobby Lashley anymore. I don't like Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley should stay out of my brain. It's like theory, this is not the way not to talk about someone. Naturally, this is when Bob did arrive, because you cannot say a wrestler's name that much without them appearing. Even though MVP tried to hold him back at first, Austin Theory then basically said that Umvuk was Lashley's dad, and that was it. It went terribly, though, because when Bobby Lashley went for the spear, Austin Theory kind of ducked out the way, and he pushed MVP in the way, meaning he took it instead. Now... You have to presume this is still building to the return of the Hurt Business. And ever since Triple H took over WWE, he has rebeat my filth in the storylines. That was gibberish. He has rebuilt my faith in the storylines. So I still totally believe we will head in this direction. I don't really know what this was. But as I do believe, I'm giving it a very slightly worried up. Byron Saxton was then interviewing Finn Balor. And he thinks Cody Rhodes is an idiot. <laughs> For like the 10th time on this show said... Cody also keeps stealing my stuff. Now, I have no idea what he was talking about here, but as ever, anything to do with Judgment Day is just brilliant, which is when we got a very fun return. Because The Miz was out here going, man, I can't believe I got thrown out of the Royal Rumble, and I can't believe last week Kevin Owens stunned me. When Adam Pearce came out, I was like, man, this is really boring. <laughs> you need to shut up, and also, you need a returning superstar too, Raw. And then Rick Boobs was back. And do not forget, it's been about a year since we've seen him. So it made me feel all warm and fuzzy in my tum-tum. And he just wrecked the Miz here. And he finished him off with this press slam slam thingamajig. Looked quite good. So bless the Miz for always doing what's right. And again, let's make sure we do something with Boobs. Because he is a lot of fun. 
And then I lost this. For as the shirt says, it was time for goofy wrestling because somehow the maximum male models were on Raw. And they bumped into the Alpha Academy backstage. And while Marseille and Mansoir were disgusted by Otis, when Maxine Dupree saw him, she was like, oh my gosh, he's perfect. Think about what we can do with him. So I started doing backflips because now we are going to do something with Otis being a model. I need this in my life. So it is going to be so silly and I'm so damn hyped to the point. And don't you dare at me. There it comes. I am giving it an up. Then got a big video reminding us about everything that's going on with Roman Reigns and Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, which worked for me very well, because again, it's a brand new segment here on Ups and Downs. Welcome to Kayfabe Corner. So, Bill, you are not a wrestling fan. No. Well, do I have the story to get you into it? Because a gaslighting and very handsome man has decided to totally manipulate a very nice ginger-haired man who has been so emotionally destroyed by this... He basically has Stockholm Syndrome, and all the fans absolutely love it. What the hell is wrong with you? Amazingly, Bailey and Becky Lynch's feud continue after this. Once again, you can't say Triple H ain't dedicated to long-term storytelling. Bells' whole point to begin with was, I threw Becky Lynch out of the rumble, so now I'm done with her. When out came the man. Oddly, Beck said that she didn't need to win the rumble, because she's already done that before, and her main reason of being in it is because she wanted to eliminate Bailey. Well, one, she wasn't the person to eliminate Bailey, And two, that's like going, I don't want to win the lottery as long as you don't win the lottery. And go look that up in the dictionary. That is definitely shouted for you. It all got very argumentative when Bailey took it well too far. Because she was like, I think you're overrated. I don't even think you're good enough to be the champion. And by the way, you're not even good enough for your husband. Right, She then went on to say that the only reason Seth Rollins married Lynch to begin with is because he knocked her up. Becky was actually quite taken aback by this. She was like, don't know why you're saying these things. I thought we were going to debate wrestling. It wound her up so much, she was like, look, you ruined the cage match last week, so why don't we do it in seven days? And when Bailey refused, it turned out Becky Lynch was a kidnapper. Loads of kidnappers on WWE these days. Because she went to the back and she dragged out Dakota Kai, who had a chair over her leg. This forced Bailey to accept as Lynch also was like, man, you want to check on EO Sky? And honestly, why didn't Bailey do this before? So she was backstage going, well, where's my friends that I always come to the ring with? I'm sure they're fine. What I really liked about this, though, is that it showed Becky is a badass babyface who doesn't take any squib, and we need more of those as well. And while this may be going on a little bit too long, at least we are going to do that cage match next week. We've been waiting for that. Going to give it enough. And appears then confirmed this will be going on in next week's four when he also told us the women's elimination chamber match at the premium live event will determine Bianca Belair's challenger at WrestleMania. For some reason, we already have four competitors, which were the final four in the Royal Rumble. So that is Liv Morgan, Oscar, Raquel Rodriguez, and Nikki Cross. And we're going to sort the other two out next week. And how? Well, it's going to be Mitchin versus Candice Ray versus Piper Niven versus Carmella, who even though was about to make her big return to Raw, Anna Pierce just said her name right there. Now, I do have a little bit of a bee in my bonnet over this, because over the next fortnight, we are spending a bunch of time building up the men's elimination chamber with proper matches. Whereas here, Pierce just walked onto the screen and went, exposition, 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 we're done. That doesn't seem right. Down. What was much better is Chelsea Green, and I knew that that rumble exit meant something. Because she popped up behind Pierce and was all like, <coughs> excuse me, are you the manager? Because if you are, I don't like my accommodation, I want a private dressing room. 
I'd also like some Swiss chocolate. Now this was quick, but I tell you, Chelsea Green is very good at asshole characters like this. And if it does tie into this Karen idea that has been going through the rumor mill, I think she'll do a really good job of it. And because I like to be a positive Pete, I'm going to throw some positive vibes out there in the ether. I'm giving it up. Dolph Ziggler was here next. I have no idea what he's doing. Here at least he was heading to the ring for the Elimination Chamber match against Bronson Reed. When we had a picture-in-picture promo, when Mustafa Ali interrupted, grabbed the microphone and was like, Oh, look, it's Dolph Ziggler getting another opportunity. How do you get all these opportunities? Didn't sound like a Muppet. And Ziggler had the best response. He's like, I don't know. I don't book the show. Why don't you go talk to them? I think we should just get to this match already because that's what I'm looking forward to with these two. When, yeah, it was Bronson Reed versus Ziggler. Bronson Reed killed him. I mean, it couldn't have got more than three minutes and Dolphy Boy couldn't have got more than a few moves in there when Bronson just hit the tsunami and he got the one, two, three. Now, I tell you, given this is the second squash match when we're like, man, this Reed, he's pretty damn good. If we continue this on, I think we may be onto something. Quite excited about this. And then, yeah, Carmella was back. We just gave it away a few minutes prior. She dropped in all her catchphrases, though, when Oscar walked up to her wearing street clothes, which was kind of different. And even though at first Carmella was like, I don't care about you, what are you doing here? Oscar started to smile, and she had all this crazy stuff on her teeth. This new version of The Empress of Tomorrow is awesome, though, even though it's kind of the old version, because it is Kana, but what's old is new again. And Carmella was so freaked out by this, she just walked off. Now, I know that does sound ridiculous, but I tell you, we have something with Oscar. Look how damn excited I am. To the point, once again, there's no need, but I'm going to do it anyway. I am giving it an up. This ain't going crazy as Rick Boogs was also being interviewed. And basically, Elias seemed kind of mad that he also plays a musical instrument as these two and the Street Profits hung out backstage. So I guess nobody go tell Taylor Swift. The point is, though, is that next week, Angelo Dawkins has an Elimination Chamber qualifying match, as does Montez Ford, who is going to be taken on the Drifter. Now, I tell you this. One of the Street Profits should absolutely be in that thing. And then we can start having some fun with them in 2023. Hell, put them both in there. It really does justify the fact that we are doing a US title Elimination Chamber match, though, because WWE can just have so many more risks with the participants. I am looking forward to this. As I was our main event, Cody Rhodes versus your drunk mate Finn Balor. Even though it has never happened before, it absolutely should happen again. And of course, in the early going, Balor was like, well, this guy tore his peck recently. I'm going to try and tear it again. Rhodes was having none of this, so he made sure he hit a dive and took out the rest of Judgment Day. For some reason, I was like, I tell you, if Cody and Edge have dinner, this is definitely all they're going to talk about. Cody also hit a superplex and a Cody cut, but that only got two. And when he went for the crossroads, Finn Balor hit a sling blade instead, but when he stood up, Rhodes super kicked him right in the face. They were working. Finn then got bored of this, so he booted Cody to the outside, and the rest of Judgment Day were about to pounce. But you know the deal. Edge these days is just backstage watching a monitor going, if they do anything, I swear. Even if they look at someone the wrong way, I'm going out there. That's what he did. He was fighting everybody when Rhea Ripley gave him a smack. So Beth Phoenix came out here as well. So she too must be watching the monitor. And she just ran down the aisleway and she speared Rhea. It also meant there was quite a shift here because somehow Finn Balor used this to his advantage. And just when he was about to hit the Coupe de Gras, the radar superstar was back on the apron casting distraction. But I suppose you could go, huh, 
he was about to beat Cody Rhodes. Of course, that was never going to happen given the Royal Rumble. And just to ensure Finn never moved again, Rhodes then grabbed him, gave him one crossroads, gave him two crossroads, and he gave him three crossroads, which I actually didn't appreciate because it kind of protected Finn Balor in some way. He got the one, two, three, then he basically celebrated with Edge and Bex Phoenix. And honestly, no one can come into my house and tell me Cody Rhodes is not a super duper over white hot feet meat baby face. He is like John Cena part two, which is kind of ironic. He is going to be absolutely fine. So was this giving it an up. Which brought us to the end of Raw after the Raw Rumble. And I know it was a bit disappointing that we didn't have any bloodline stuff, but WWE was always going to save that for SmackDown because you want to separate Cody and Roman Reigns, at least for now, until we get through to the Emulation Chamber. But I am giving it an up. Now, please do leave a comment below and let me know what you thought about last night's episode of Monday Night Raw. Let's do it quick. Like the video, share the video, subscribe. Whatculture.com, social media. Make sure you go and watch other ups and downs videos, such as the Raw Rumble ups and downs, which is on the screen right now. And I will see you very, very soon. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.